They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside, and Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Hello, you're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast, and we're joining you for the final time in the 2021 season for our annual awards ceremony. This is the Golden Apples 2021. Joining me as ever, I've got Steve Tancock, Dan Kingdom, and the proprietor of Mayor Daly's official discotheque, Anthony Gibson. Gents, how are we all doing this evening? Good, thank you, Ian. You? Yeah, not too bad. I should just explain that was uh, Anthony's mobile disco in his student days, well, which I've, I I'm 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 not going to say how many chapters I'm through in West Countryman, Anthony. I'm going to do it by girlfriends. I think I'm up to number five. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> but an excellent reader and pick up a copy if you can. Right, so we've got a hell of a lot to get through tonight. So we'll get cracking with uh, what should we do first off? Let's do the Royal London. Uh, so we've got two categories for the Royal London, the Performance of the Year and the Player of the Year. So, Steve, do you want to kick us off with your top threes and honourable mentions and uh, all that sort of business? Well, the Player of the Year top threes has to be, in no particular order, Steve Davis, James Hildreth, Lewis Goldsworthy for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm leaving Ben Green out simply because he had that patch out in the middle with you-know-what. Um and I think all for different reasons. I, I could be easily persuaded to vote for any of those. Uh, performance of the season, I've only got two that I'm because I'm trying to set the bar high this year. And that would be Hildreth's knock against Yorkshire and Lewis Goldsworthy's innings at the Oval. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to push you for a decision on those two then, Steve. Your player of the year for the Royal London. Steve Davis. Steve Davis. I do make notes of all of these. And your performance? Uh, Little Lewis. Little Lewis up that, at the Oval. Was it 96? Yeah. Uh, and that's not that's not dissing Hildy at all, but I think in the circumstances where basically he he got us to where we got to, albeit in a what would have been a losing cause, but he did it virtually on his own. Mm-hmm with very little support around him and I think that counts for something as well it's the old you know in Red Bull cricket making runs in the first innings is where it counts and I think it by that principle I'm going to vote for Lewis good stuff Anthony your Um, picks for the Royal London I've I've got four contenders for player of the year in the Royal London that's um, Lewis Goldsworthy James Hildreth Mm -hmm. uh, Ben Green and Sonny Baker Okay. I was very impressed. I thought, you know, it was a really, really impressive debut that uh, that Sonny Baker made. He impressed a lot of good judges. Um, and I think he's a great prospect for the future. And I hope that we see him playing um, county championship cricket for Somerset uh, next season. Um, very, I think, I think I'm going to go for James Hildreth as my player of the year in the Royal London One Day Cup because he, he won us a couple of games first off his own bat. Um, but I agree with Steve as to the performance of the year, and that's that's Lewis Goldsworthy's 96 at, at the Oval. It was a, it was a terrific knock. Um, I remember describing him as the pride of Cornwall <laughs> as, he, as he walked off, having just been caught on the boundary, which was, you know, going for his 100, which is very bad luck. But it was a really well-judged... 
winnings. I don't think it would have won us the game. <laughs> I think Surrey would probably have won quite comfortably. That, that was <laughs> the game where we were in Surrey's bad books for quote unquote <laughs> dragging it out to get it up to or just waiting for the rain to come over South yeah. London and escape That's the right. point because we were massive. And the rain the rain arrived in the nick of time. But <laughs> it was it was a great innings by by Lewis Cogsworthy. And, and so I think and he, he was good throughout the Royal London as well. Yes, so you know, marginally Hildreth over Goldsworthy as player and uh, and Goldsworthy as the uh, performance. Okay. Dan, what about yourself? Uh, I've gone with Goldsworthy as player of the tournament, simply for his sheer consistency, you know, four fifties in seven innings. Um, and yeah, that, that knock against Surrey was, 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 was incredible really. I mean, you know, also there's that partnership with Baker at the end, which sort of strung out the innings, um, you know, for about 10 more overs, you know, and that, that in the end, you know, allowed us to get a no result. Um, and also just bowling wise as well. He was very economical. He didn't, didn't pick up many wickets, but I think just for his all round contributions, all round consistent contributions throughout the tournament. Um, it has to be goalsworthy, but yeah, honourable honourable mentions for Green as well, um, and and Hildreth, um, but yeah, goalsworthy. Um, the performance, I, I had three sort of options for this. One of them was yeah, Goldsworthy's ninety six at the Oval. I also thought about Green against Glamorgan. So we had eighty seven mm-hmm. or seventy two yeah. mm-hmm. um, when we were sort of 40, from sort of forty for five or so um, that got us up to a competitive score, and then. He bowled well at the death um, in that match as well, and that was you know partly what won us the game. Um, and another mention just for that, if we can do a joint one, is uh, is for the Bartlett and Thomas partnership against Leicestershire, which is re- remarkable, really. You know, again, we were sort of hundred for five. George Thomas comes in on debut. Bartlett was in horrible form, and they put on one hundred and eighty odd, I think, wasn't it? Which was the highest sixth wicket partnership of the tournament. Um, but I just think for the sheer guts that he showed, I think Goldsworthy, uh, his 96 at the Oval, I think for me it does just shade Green against Glamorgan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I'll agree with Stephen Anthony and go for Goldsworthy, um, 96 at the Oval for the uh, performance of the tournament. Yeah, so I've uh, my performance is uh Hildreth against Yorkshire in that game that was shortened to 20 overs, 61 off uh, 34 balls, and he was just... Uh, what was it he said in an interview with Anthony? He just went out there and smacked it and uh, he was, <laughs> slogged it around. Batting <laughs> like he had a dinner reservation for about quarter past six. Um, yeah, I've, I agree with you about George Bartlett's 100 against uh, Leicestershire. He was in absolutely dire form. Um, batting with young Thomas as well, seeing him through to, to that 75. Um, that was a fantastic innings, but just for the maturity and the fact that he was keeping his head while all around were losing theirs, accelerating at the right time, showing a great deal of uh, maturity beyond his 20 years. It's a clean sweep for Lewis Goldsworthy uh, for perform- uh, for the Royal London performance of the year for his 96 up at the Oval. And I've got the casting vote for Player of the Year now. Um, I'm going to have to go for Lewis Goldsworthy as well. Um, 381 runs at 63 and a half. He bowled 40 overs. Only took three wickets, but as you say, Dan, going at just over five and over. Uh, it is a clean sweep for Lewis Goldsworthy in the Royal London One Day Cup. Congratulations, Lewis, scooping both of the golden apples for the Royal London One Day Cup. Right. 
Should we do a fun one now? Should we do brain fade of the year? I've got loads of these. Uh, Dan, do you want to start? Um, yeah, I, I've, I've probably missed some. I, I was trying to think. Nothing really struck me except not having enough fielders in the circle in the Blast semi-final. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, I, I, that brain fade, I don't know which player it goes down to because Josh Davies said oh, he, t- he takes responsibility for that. But also the captain, Gregory, probably should have noticed Delanger himself should have noticed was it, when he was, was it ever was it circle. confirmed it was it was Marchant I believe it was oh, yeah okay. so it's sort of a combination of Delanger and Davy and Gregory really who uh, still had the brain fade um so that's that's the standout one for me I mean there's all manner of dismissals or runouts mm-hmm. we could potentially mention as well but no I think for being in a huge game and a huge moment thankfully it didn't cost us but I think that that's the one that I will go for MDL being out of the circle in the T20 semi-final against Hampshire for Dan. Anthony, who is your brain fade of the year? Well, it has to be that, really, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was, uh, it wasn't, uh, he didn't bowl very well that day either, if, if truth be told. But um, that was an avoidable <coughs> error, um, an unforced error. And it could have cost us very, very dearly. Um, but fortunately, it, it didn't. Yeah, the other one I was trying to think of was was the was the catch where Devon Conway collided with. Mm. Was it? I'm trying to think who it was. Brooks. Brooks, that's right. Jack Jack Brooks was that at Bristol? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, at Bristol. And and that you know neither of them called for it, and they both collided. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for two ex- two really experienced cricketers, that was a, that was a pretty poor moment. So just just to ch- I'll, I'll go for that. Okay. Combined brain fade from Jack, Jack Brooks and, and Devon Conway rather than lo- loading it all on poor old March. Fair enough. Okay, so I've got a few. I've obviously got the, the player out the circle. I've got uh, Roloff uh, hitting it straight to Brad Wheel at cover and running a single against Hampshire the first game back <laughs> and uh, being run out with it. It was a pretty good throw, to be fair. It was, it was probably a, a two or three out of ten throw to hit that one stump, but he just hit it straight to him. It wasn't even, you know, a yard <laughs> either side. So uh, we can have roll off for that one. Um, do you remember Tom Banton sprinting under that high catch down to fine leg in front of the Colin Atkinson Pavilion, uh, only to drop it about a meter away from a very, very confused Ben Green? <laughs> I'm, yes, I'm sticking that one in there. Um, obviously, Lammers running himself out at, at Gloucester. Um, wasn't a particularly good one. Anthony, you're in there for declaring Somerset had won up at oh, yes. up at the Aegeus Bowl, only for a very confused uh, Kevin James to say no, they haven't. Um, and we've got uh, I've got various uh, amounts of George Bartlett leaving straight balls for a period uh, in in sort of late May and uh, and early June. So I'm I think I'm going to go for. Ooh, Normally, I'd give an award to roll off at the drop of a hat, but I can't give him this one. I think I'm going to go Tom Banton sprinting for that catch that was never his. I tell you what, I tell you what, Ian, I, I'm going to change my vote. I'm, I'm going to go for and Somerset of one. Okay, you nominate. You, can you vote for yourself? yourself? Yeah, definitely. Okay, we'll go for that yeah. one. For this award, you can definitely. Are you sure that's the second time you, you've changed your mind now? So uh... that's definitely the one. Okay, no worries, Steve. Yeah, I've got... Casting four. vote or four-way tie? No, I've got a, f- 
it's a full way to. I've got <laughs> four nominations. Okay. So it's the decision on winning the toss against Knotts, mm-hmm. the decision on winning the toss at Scarborough, <laughs> the decision on winning the toss against Lancashire, and the decision on winning the toss at Edgbaston. <laughs> There's a theme there. Well, I suppose you have to. Well, we did get a first innings lead at Edgbaston, so potentially that strikes that one off. No, because okay. they, you don't. You don't. Put the opposition in because you're afraid of Chris Wokes, and then watch them get 400 odd or 350 odd or whatever. I just think, I just think the brains because it's the brain fade award. I think the brains trust was completely absent there, and the worst, the most culpable of all to me was Scarborough. Yeah. Okay. We did make a decent start at Scarborough, though, didn't we? And then it all kind of. Well, I think we were ten for two. So if that's, that's well, we got to six, we got to sixty. Well, we got to sixty <laughs> yeah. off the two, and then Hildy played that very loose uh, shot, okay. and then we lost we, three we, for six or whatever it was. Start being defined as how many wickets we lose in the first hour, then two is quite decent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'll I'll just go for September tossing. <laughs> Can you add Gregory in the blast final as well? The toss decision there. Bowling first. Oh, Stuart's inquiry. Are you, are you changing it, Dan? No, no, no. I'm just, for... I was just saying it. that could be another another thing to add to the toss. Well, that, well, that was in September, I suppose. Yeah, so we'll go for that. So we've got a four-way tie then. Uh, tossing decisions in September. So probably all good tosses to lose. It's quite good that we won all five tosses, I suppose. That's crumb of comfort, I guess. Uh, Anthony's nominating himself for uh, declaring an early Somerset victory despite Alex Worf uh, um, prowling around with his light meter uh, Dan's gone for Marchant in the circle and I've gone for Tom Banton going for a catch that was obviously uh, Ben Green so a four-way tie for that one I think Mr Chairman we're going to have to all vote for Anthony though as he nominates himself <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to ease your pain there to ease my pain. Oh, go on then. Are we all changing it? Yeah. Go on then. Brain, yeah. fade, brain fade of the year goes to Anthony Gibson. Although I do have to say, when you said Somerset had won, I, I, I didn't bat an eyelid because... You thought we had. Yeah, I thought we had. Well, effectively we had. Obviously, Alex Wolf had other ideas but couldn't quite make it dark enough for us to uh, to stop Eddie Byram getting in there and um, uh, hitting the winning runs off the first ball. Next yeah. then, where should we go next? Where should we go next? We've had brain fade of the year. Let's go on to the blasts then. So performances and player of the year. Start with you, Anthony. Um, the uh, player of the year. Well, it's it's got to be between Devon Conway and Tom Abel, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, both top of the average. I mean, Devon, Devon Conway gave a absolute masterclass in how to play 20 over over cricket without taking silly risks uh, and I mean the support he gave to um, to Tom Banton at Canterbury was at, right out of, the, out of the top draw he a terrific knock as well at um, at Sapphire Gardens but um, I thought Tom Tom Abel was you know he's, he's he's turned himself into one of the best T20 batsmen in the country in the course of the last last three seasons, he scored. He averaged fifty nine at a strike rate of one hundred and sixty one. 
Mm -hmm. uh, and time and time again, he held that, that, that core of the innings together. So um, my blast player of the year is Tom Abel. My blast performance of the year has got to be Tom Banton's century down at, down at Canterbury. It was, it was a fantastic knock. Um, and it's completely silenced <laughs> the Ken, Ken crowd. <laughs> Terrific innings. As I say, he was wonderfully supported by, by Devon Conway. Uh, I'm a great fan of, of, of Tom Banton as well. And he had such a miserable season, apart from that innings and one other uh, in the blast. And it was it was good to see him show what, what what he can do, and let's hope that we see a lot more of it in in seasons to come. So, performance of the year is definitely Tom Banton at Canterbury. Good stuff, Steve. Uh, Tom Abel, player, white ball T Twenty player for me, just yeah. because of the fact he he did it game in pretty much game in game out. He did it when it mattered. He was there in the chase against Lancashire. He was there for part of the chase against Gloucestershire. So, yeah. And well, I'll, I'll say, say something else he did in the blast for Champagne moment later. I agree with Anthony almost, but I would throw Lamb and B's 39 ball 90 against Gloucester at Taunton in as well. Um, but I think I will go with Banton purely because anything that silences Kent supporters at Canterbury would get my vote every day of the season. So, Fair enough. Um, so my performance is, well, I've got um, Tom Abel in the run chase against Lancashire. Um, just thought he looked so assured, so composed, batted so well with, with young Will Smead. And while he was there going well, I think it was, as long as he was there, we were, we were going to win that game. Um, We've gone for a slightly left field one. Marchant's spell of four overs for 13 runs against Hampshire. Um, that was by a street the besties bowled all season. Definitely in, in the uh, in the white ball games. But uh, I'm going for performance of the year is um, Tom Lamanby's incredible 90-odd or 30-odd balls against Gloucester in a game. Um, we had to win it to get the, the home quarterfinal. And we were absolutely dead and buried. I think, until he came to the crease, I think when you're looking at Tom Banton's 100, it was he was shepherded well by Devon Conway. I don't want to take anything away from it at all, don't get me wrong, but it once he got going, I think Kent gave up a little bit. Um, that was a game, was it the Essex game that was in the fog, or was it the Kent game? Yeah, that was the fog, yeah. Yeah, it just seemed like it was, a, it, it just sort of... Mm, went to a bit of a an anti-climax that game. It was still a fantastic knock, but I think opening the batting, you've got that blank slate. He started well, he carried on well, but Lammers' knock against Gloucester, when we were really up against it, was just absolute different class. So I'm going for uh, I'm going for Lammers against uh, Gloucester. And my player of the year, yeah, Tom Abel. Just absolutely fantastic all the way through all the way through the blast. Can't really add anything um to what's already been said. And Dan, cast yeah, the I think, again um, for the performance of the year. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just starting with the player of the year. Um, it was a weird one. There was no real standout performance. Well, there was standout performance, but there was a lot of standout performance for us in the blast, in a way. Because a lot of guys sort of missed a lot of games because of injury, call-ups, etc. But there was a lot of players who contributed at different times. You had Conway, Abel, Smead, Davey, Lamanby, uh, Banton, Overton, Vandermeer, Brooks, Goldsworthy, you know, these guys all contributed. Leach as well, you know, in the two games he played. 
Um, but yeah, I agree. It has to be Tom Abel player of the season um, for sheer consistency. Six games, four innings, um, and he's nailed that trade-off you have to have in T20 cricket. You know, of, of scoring consistent runs and also scoring them quickly. He's doing that so well at the moment. You, most players can't score consistently and quickly. And Tyble is doing that at the moment. He's just a supreme quality T20 player at the moment. And it's sort of quite orthodox, Dan, if you know what yeah. I mean. Mm. Doesn't, yeah. Just doesn't it, slog it, does he? No, he can do if he needs yeah, to. But he, he, can he do. does sometimes. Yeah, he, he plays those gorgeous inside-out shots, doesn't he? Mm. That just yeah. looks so effortless. We didn't see an Abe scoop was, um, this year, though, did we? I was very disappointed. No. we didn't see an Abe scoop. Mm. No, I mean, there was a moment in the Lancashire game. Um, Tom, I think it was Tom Hartley bowling, and there's a couple of dot balls, and the short boundary was Tom's leg side. Now I, I said he's going to slog us way into the Somerset stand because the pressure was slightly on, just slightly. It's a few overs to go. There have been a couple of dots. And yeah, he just went down, bang, in, straight into the Somerset mm-hmm. stand. No no worries. Um, he, he's he got he's got several shots. He's got release shots. And he, yeah, he's, he's a perfect T20 batsman at the moment, really. Um, and performance of the year, uh, yeah, it has to be Lammers against Gloucestershire. 90 or 36 balls. Um, it was just... And utterly remarkable innings. He started off placing the ball beautifully into the gaps for ones and twos, and then just accelerated so well. Again, all the shots, you know, he brought up several scoops in that one. You know, it was leg side, offside, all sorts of shots. And I, th- I looked this up the other day. It was this innings was it was something like the fifth or sixth most runs ever scored by an individual player in the last seven overs of a T20 innings. I know it's a very specific stat, but you can look this up. Is that look, look this stuff up now. Last? All, all T20 cricket. Um, oh. You can look this stuff up with this Ask for Info thing, which is uh, quite handy. So, um, and I yeah, suppose it was a... Roloff was probably on the wrong end of that stat. He, what did he get? <laughs> five of eight balls or something like that? He had in that five. Yeah, I know. Roloff, that was a really good innings for Roloff as well. One of the best fives I've seen, but... Yeah, Lamanby for me, performance of the tournament. Great stuff. I did just want to give an honourable mention as well. I forgot to say earlier for performance of the year for Ben Green in the semi-final as well. Um, mm-hmm. If you talk yeah, about games absolutely. where we were dead and buried, that was an absolute incredible knock. Uh, so, um, But just not quite at the level uh, to go with the two Toms, Banton and Lamanby. So congr- and uh, Abel as well indeed. So congratulations, Tom Abel. Clean sweep for the Golden Apple for T20 Player of the Year. And the performance is shared between uh, Tom Banton for his 100 against Kent and Tom Lamanby for his... Uh, we've kept calling it a 90-odd. What was it exactly? I think we need to... It was 90, 90 wasn't it? 90-odd 36. 15 and over. That's just incredible batting. Right, where should we go to next? Young Player of the Year, then. Plenty to choose from in this particular category. Uh, I mean, we could have a list as, as long as you're on, but who was your... Uh, who are your top three, Steve? I only got a top one, and, and I, I'm doing it just because I think he did it across all formats. Um, he, I think he's an outstanding young cricketer. He had a rubbish end to the season. I think he was exhausted. But I think he's got... And I know Anthony will say he played some pretty dumb shots in the semi-final and the final, but for me... Again, Lewis Goldsworthy. You know, you could when, whenever you give me another name of a young player, I can trump you by saying, but Lewis Goldsworthy did it in all formats. You know, he played the sh- one of the shots of the season in the championship, that rifle pull shot 
in that run chase against whoever it was I've forgotten now at Taunton. Yeah. Yeah. He played, as we said, some sensational innings in the one day cup. You know, when he had a lot of responsibility as a young guy who probably expected to be just playing in that and he was automatically one of the senior figures. And yes, he didn't kick on in the championship, but to me he always until September he always looks like he's going to score runs. And I, I like his temperament. He seems to be a very intelligent cricketer. Uh, and there's huge room for growth there. So he really, really excites me. Yeah, agree with that. I think we talked uh, last week about it just being a, a month too far in his first season. It is a, it's a big jump going from, you know, second 11 national counties cricket up to being a fully fledged professional cricketer mm. playing a long season across all three formats so um hopefully he'll have a good september next year to go with the good april may june july and august uh he enjoyed this year but yeah for me i'm going to go for uh, little lewis as well um for all the reasons that you just said steve i think if you look at um some of the young bowlers so your sunny bakers your old ned leonard's uh, Casey Aldridge, they were good in patches, um, but n- just not to the consistency of Lewis, who we forget is only, how old is he? Let me have a look. 20. Lewis Goldsworthy, 20 years, 8 months, and 26 days. So there we go. Def- not even 21 yet. Um, had a really great Royal London, really good start to the season in the Championship. Didn't quite do the business in September, but understandable for for a young kid in a, in a long first season uh dan who was your young player of the year yeah i think honorable mentions for smeed and baker who you know did well in the one oh, day i've got to say will smeed how have i forgotten to say will smeed he's written on my list for goodness sakes <laughs> yeah um smeed who did well in the t20 baker who did well in the one day cup um but yeah i agree for the consistency across formats it has to be goals worthy um you know as we discussed brilliant in the one day cup Contribute in the T20, you know, economical bowling, a couple of good innings, you know, particularly the, the innings that stands out in the blast was that um, at home to Kent uh, in support of Tom Abel, had I think it was 48. Um, and then the championship, yeah, he started well, obviously on debut, that 40 odd to win us the game. It was worth more than 40 that innings. Um, and he had a few other useful contributions in the early on, and it was a 40 odd at the Oval, which occupied, I think it was 140 balls. In partnership with Hildreth, that was an important innings in a big game, you know, that helped us seal qualification. Um, so, yeah, it, it has to be goals worthy. And as Steve said, there's so much room for him to grow. He's got a lot of potential. Um, so, yeah, he's the standout young player for me. I was going to go to Steve, but he's oh, ever the professional, straight back to his chair. Steve's cooking toad in the hole at the moment. <laughs> so, he's doing a bit of multitasking, but he's back, Steve. Clean sweep for. Uh... Oh, I'm losing my marbles. I've already done these. I started with Lewis Goldsworthy. I'm losing me marbles. I'm losing me marbles. Anthony, I'm normally used to you being up and cooking, so that's why I got Can we go back to the Brain Fade Award again? Oh, well, (laughs) no, because I can just edit this bit out. Anthony. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's very hard. You can't go against Lewis Goldsworthy. He's got got to be the young player of the world. I'll tell you one thing, though. I reckon that the young player who is going to make the biggest mark on cricket, hopefully with Somerset, if not somewhere else, that's Will Smead. I think he's, his talent is almost limitless, mm-hmm. and I think he'll be a great player for, for the future. But for for this season, I think Lewis Goldsworthy, you know, old head on young shoulders, terrific temperament, 
Um, it, he, he did fade away a bit in, in September, played a couple of poor shots in the in the last game, especially against uh, against Warwickshire. But yeah, terrific performance from a, a, a very very pleasant young man and um, a you know, very intelligent young cricketer. Yeah, I guess if Will Smead hadn't been kidnapped by the Birmingham Phoenix, he we may have. I get a feeling he would have had a really good Royal London, and we probably would have been talking about him in this. Uh, in this discussion but only sort of playing a few T20 games as we've all said Lewis has done it across all all three formats um, mm-hmm. bowled tidily when he's had to in the championship I don't think he's, has he got a wicket yet I don't think he has has he no no he's still yet to pick up his maiden first class wicket but has done a job he's bowled tidily he's bowled tight um, as you said you really... never worry about him coming on to bowl in the T20s do you you no. always think you know when Gibbo says they're bringing Lewis Goldsworthy on, I'm like, yeah, okay, mm. that's fine. And I think that's quite a good mental check of where you feel about a player. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely, definitely. So, congratulations then to Lewis Goldsworthy. Clean sweep for the Golden Apple for Young Player of the Year. Right, what should we do now? Let's do the sparkling cider moment of the year. Uh, we can't say champagne moment. I think that's been copyrighted by Test Match Special. So then, sparkling cider moment of the year. Probably quite a few here. Um, Dan, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, um, I think based on the volume of my cheer and the sheer emotion <laughs> that came just after, it has to be Josh Davy hitting that six when we needed eight or four in the last semi-final. Um, because that was the moment I knew we'd won. You know, we then needed what, effectively one or three because a tie would have been fine. So, you know, when he hit that six, all the nerves come out then because you know we, we were there um and it was just an absolutely huge moment in a at the end of a chase which had been traumatic um for, for, for the most part um and to get through from that situation from what's 36 for five um was was remarkable so um yeah for, for being a big game and a big moment right at the end yeah that is it's josh davies six at the end of the uh hampshire semi-final any honourable mentions, or are you just going for? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it depends how you define moment, isn't it? Uh, I, I guess, I guess uh, the quarter final as well. Um, you had, um, you know, the, the winning runs in that. You could say, I um, mean, you know, there was the. I suppose there was actually the the six that was also a no ball right at the end that yeah. meant we then needed one to win. That was a pretty big moment, uh, I think. Um, there, that's no. Oh, and also the last ball against Glamorgan. Uh, in the One Day Cup, to, to seal the victory by one run. Um, that's another one that that comes to mind. Cool. So I'm going to go for. Well, I've got quite a few. Here. Um, Tom Lamanby hitting uh, six off Matt Parkinson to go to his hundred against Lancashire. Um, he did. Uh, I, I, I rewatched and he got. Uh, he went to his six at Worcester last year with a six as well. Um, so he he's got a. Uh, developing a nice habit of doing that um but just in, in the wider context he's had an absolutely wretched <coughs> excuse me 2021 and he just seemed he just seemed to come out and play with a lot of freedom um just sat next to dan his brother in somerset stand and we were just watching and we were just thought they're going oh he just seems to be playing with a lot more freedom he's trusting himself he's trusting his instincts and I think we saw the I don't know if at twenty one you can have a rebirth, but I think that was where we saw the the rebirth of of Tom Lamanby. And he followed it up with an okay 
um, end to the end to the season. Certainly okay when you compare it to the the awful run of form that he had in the uh, early rounds of the championship. Um, where else have we got? Um, I'm going for a non-Somerset player for one. That's Keith Barker bowling the first ball in the Hampshire game uh, the first day that fans were allowed back to the Cooper Associates County mm-hmm. Ground. So that was a, a special champagne moment. Eddie Byram gets one for hitting his uh, hitting the, those two runs to secure that 10-wicket win um, away at the Aegeus Bowl. Not because it was an especially nice shot or anything, but we had to really work our asses off to get ourselves into that position over the previous sort of two days in that game. Um, and it was touch and go whether we were going to do it or not, especially when Alex Wolf was waving his light meter around. So that was just a real relief and a, and a great cheer. If we're going by cheers, Dan, um, the, the volume of your cheer to determine the sparkling side of moment of the year. So that was a good one. But it, for me, it can only be Roloff van der Merwe's caught and bowled Liam Livingstone in the T20 mm. quarterfinal. Because just a few overs leading up to that, Livingston was going ballistic. You could just feel the atmosphere in the stands just going down a notch, down a notch, down a notch. Then all of a sudden, chips it back. We get that trademark roller celebration where it looks like his head's about to explode. Uh, gets another wicket in the over. Just an incredible moment. Unfortunately, I missed it because I'd take my little girl to the toilet, but it was uh, no less special. <laughs> No less special watching it on the replay. So uh, my sparkling cider moment of the year is Liam Livingstone, caught and bowled by the greatest player in the world, Roloff van der Merwe. Steve, what about yourself? Um, I agree with the Josh Davies six because I, I think I virtually my head virtually exploded at that moment. Um, <laughs> equally, Lammers to see Lammers go to a hundred in person after all the games. Um, Tom Abel's catch at Edgbaston, that running back, long off catch in the final, yeah. was for me just, it, it. over the course of the last couple of weeks, it's become better because when he took it, it's like, that's Tom Abel, he does that all the time. And you've got to actually go, <laughs> Tom Abel does that all the time. But for me, and I agree with you, Ian, absolutely, because in 10 years' time, if you show all of us that image we will know exactly yes. game, yes. the moment, who it was. And, and you know, I was a bit amused that that other award ceremony that took place on Saturday night, the champagne moment was a whole innings, albeit it was only 36 balls. <laughs> but for me, a champagne moment is a moment. And, you know, we could we could post that picture on our social media in five years' time, say, remember this, and everybody yeah. who's a Somerset sporter will remember it. So, yeah, I'm... And, yeah. You know, I think he should have a pavilion named after him somewhere. <laughs> well, every time I call it the At Roller Fifty Two Pavilion, I get a like of him on Twitter. So, uh, uh, yeah, long live that. But you're absolutely right. There are certain images in in cricket. Um, you just you can tell certain pictures you see of, of Beefy when he was batting. You just know that was one from the 149 at Headingley 81. Uh, you know, or the Edgbaston bowling spell the yeah. test, isn't it? The other one that I remember. Yeah, yeah, it's just countless cricket images. You're right, Steve. You, you look at them, you like flint off at Edgbaston when he's you know consoling Brett, mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. You just know, and I think that one of Roller, it was an extra special one, wasn't it? Yeah. Normally he goes, he, he, he turned it up to eleven for that one. I'm surprised he didn't burst a blood vessel in his in his brain. To be honest, the amount of strain he was putting through his body, but uh, yeah. So Steve agrees with me. Then we're going to roll off for the uh, 
not just a celebration, but the, the moment in that match, Court and Bold, Liam Livingston, Court and Bold, Roller Fandemova. Anthony, your sparkling cider moment of the year. Well, I've got I've got four contenders. The, the first is when Will Will Smead hit that six onto the roof of the retirement mm-hmm. apartments. I mean, that was a that was a fantastic blow on a on a, on a great occasion. Um, then there's Lewis Goldsworthy hooking Stephen Finn off his eyebrows, and it went like a tracer bullet through the through the onside, and it was such a such a brave shot and such an accomplished shot as well. For a, for a young lad, and they brought Stephen Finn on, obviously to bully the you know mm-hmm. the little little Lewis, and Lewis <laughs> answered in the best possible way. And of course, the Josh Davy six, uh, uh, you know, he, he's very good down the ground. This Josh Davy, and it never mattered more than on that occasion. But I have to agree that the the moment that I shall remember most from from this season's cricket was when Robert van der Merve got rid of Liam Livingston because Livingston looked like he was going to win the game on his own mm. at, at, at the time and, and Van der Merf being brought brought on in the power play as mm. well and Livingston's eyes lit up and he licked his chops and thought now I'm going <laughs> to score some quick runs and Roloff got the better of him and that, that was it was a decisive moment and a wonderful moment of drama as well so yeah Roloff Van der Merf, the, Great stuff. So the sparkling cider moment of the year for 2021, the golden apple goes to Roloff van der Merwe uh, for taking that court and bold off Liam Livingston in the Vitality Blast quarterfinal. I think they were going about 14 and over at the time as well they in the were. power play. So a really, really critical moment in the match and a fantastic, fantastic catch to boot. Right, what have we done so far then? We've done brain fade, we've done sparkling cider, we've done the young player of the year, done the T20, done the Royal London. Right, Big one then, guys. A county championship performance and player of the year. Let's go. Steve, do you want to kick us off? Uh, yeah. Performance of the year. My my choice is Tom Abel's 100 at Bristol. Mm-hmm. I thought, again, I because I, I'm like that, I give extra merit points when you do it somewhere like that. Um and the circumstances, it wasn't a great batting surface. Yes, it didn't win us the game, but that was the weather and not Tom Abel. It was a match-winning innings when it really mattered. Uh, you could definitely put Lamanby's 100 against Lancashire in that if it hadn't have been such a flat day, really, because we were following on, having been bundled out for 90, and it was all a bit... But it was a, a super performance... But really, and this is where it influences me, pretty much any time Craig Overton bowled, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, my my love for the Overton twins knows no bounds. They're my sort of cricketers. And I think Craig has stepped up another level this year. And if we do go to Australia, I think he could really frighten some Australians over there. Because I think, I think he now realises, and this... It's weird because I suspect if Helen and Mark were listening to this, they would say, our boys have never lacked belief in themselves or confidence. So my point is I think he believes in himself at the highest level now. Mm -hmm. And so when he's playing for Somerset, he's got that. You said a minute ago, Liam Livingston was licking his lips. Anthony did at, you know, Roloff coming on. I think Craig Overton looks down the batting orders of the sides we play against and 
thinks, lovely, there's a five for there for me, and I'm going to bully and I'm going to terrorise. He's, you know, he is aggression, which is what you want from your opening bowler. He leads the attack. We saw how much we missed him. Um, so, uh, to, to be fair, I'll go Tom Abel's performance, and if anyone nominates other than Craig Overton, I'm looking forward to the rationale for Championship <laughs> Player of the Season. Fair enough. Just quickly going off topic a bit, I was um, I was thinking about the 2010-11 Ashes Tour because everybody says, oh, you've got to go to Australia, you've got to have pace, got to have pace. We had one quick bowler. We picked um, Tremlett or Finn in that side. We also swapped in for Bresden and Panasar, but the way we won that was just bowling as dry as we could. Just really... Broad and Anderson, who were probably... You know, bowling around about the same pace that they are now, even though it's sort of ten years on. Neither of them were sort of expressing their day, uh, and I think Craig Overton could be that sort of bowler down under. Mm-hmm. Really, 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 because he—if you ask him to bowl dry, he'll bowl dry. There's, you know, he's he's got that in his locker. He do that with his eyes closed. So I think, yeah, it could be a big Ashes tour for Craig. There's there's a lot of of Craig Overton that reminds me of Glenn McGrath, which is. Mm-hmm. The highest compliment to no, me because he's, Craig's, he's a, Craig's a nice bloke. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about on the field, Ian. Okay. That, you know, he bowls dry like that, but there's the edge that you need in your your quick bowler. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think he won't be intimidated playing down there. As if he was listening, he said I wasn't intimidated last time. He's a better, more confident bowler mm-hmm. now, and I think what. What he's achieved for us in the last two seasons is immense. And, you know, he's head and shoulders for me above any other bowler in the championship. Yeah, can't argue with that. Right, we need a great justification to take that uh, uh, Player of the Year award off of Craig. Anthony, have you got one? Or are you. Uh... Well, the obvious alternative would be Tom Abel, who, after the first round of county championship matches, scored 635 runs in 10 innings and was averaging 63.5 which I think was either second or third in, in, in the country and you know he kept he kept us in it but uh, Craig Overton has been immense uh, you know 42 wickets at, at 15 apiece and you know and he missed out uh, how many games did he miss three missed six overall played eight six overall out of 14 yeah, yeah. um and I, I, I could, he's got better and better uh, with each with each season. He's, he's become a better bowler, and uh, um, the, the, I think the best performance I saw from him was at um, Grace Road or the Upton Steel um, Ground <laughs> at Leicester when he bowled out Leicester in the second innings on a pretty flat pitch um, and bowled absolutely superbly. And, and uh, I bumped into Steve Kirby afterwards. He said best bowler in the country by a mile mm-hmm. I, I could not disagree with that best bowler in the country by a mile so that performance it would be my performance of, of the year and the player of the year undoubtedly pregnant but you could name any uh, any of his he bowled superbly against Hampshire as well mm-hmm. down, at, down at the Aegeus Bowl and he bowled really well in, the, in that last game against against Warwickshire you know he, he, he kept us in it and um, he's just he just keeps on and on and on, and he never he never ever gives up. You know, he'll just keep keeps doing his going. playing his heart out, bowling his heart out for his for his side. 
absolutely can't argue with that dan can you argue with that or are we going clean sweep no no at all I, I think craig is yeah I, I would go with craig as championship player of the year i think abel unfortunately fell away obviously in that last part of the season which puts him out of contention for me um so craig is the clear standout um he also scored some handy runs at the, uh, the Rose Bowl. He had a few in the first innings. Um, that boosts us up to a really competitive score. Um, and yeah, he's just gone to another level this season. Um, and he's, you know, I can think of, yeah, and he's listed his really, his top spells. You know, I think also I can add the uh, second innings at home to Middlesex as well. We bowled them out for 120 odd, didn't we? That was, you know, a part mainly Craig's doing as well. Um, so yeah, I think for the performance of the year, uh, I was also thinking Craig at Grace Road, and the, the other option is, as Steve said, the Able Century on day one at Bristol. And I think they're, I think they're really hard to to compare and separate and choose a winner out of those two. Um, Able didn't get Able didn't get hundred day one at Bristol. Sorry, day. Oh yeah, sorry, it was day. <laughs> Day one was uh, the morning session and the afternoon in the pub. Yeah. And day two was looking out the window of the travellers going, this, we're going home. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it, it was the day I was there that it scored the centuries. That's yeah. pretty why I put day one. Oh, that's rubbing it in, Ian, isn't it? That's rubbing it in. The day I was there, he got that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, honestly, I'll... I will. I've gone for Craig as player of the year, so I will say Abel Century on day three at Bristol um, as my performance of the year because you know <coughs> that there was a collapse going on around them as well as there often is. But Tom Abel batted through it. He, I've said this before. I want Tom Abel to score more tough runs, and he's done that more this season, particularly that innings. You know that that was a that was a seriously quality knock. Um, and he declared selflessly just short of his mm-hmm. um, career best as well, didn't he? So. Um, yeah, Mar- that, marshalled us up to yeah. some uh, was it 350 got us up to as well for the batting points yeah. as well yeah. marshalled the tail yeah. well getting us up there I'll well. tell you another another Tom Abel innings when he got really good runs tough runs was against Hampshire down at the Aegeus Bowl mm. after we bowled them out um, for uh, 79 he came in and he got 64 and it was re- batting was really really difficult that afternoon he really got it, got his head down and and again the next morning when Jack Leach gave him, gave him some, some good support and um, that that was a really really accomplished innings when we needed those runs because we could easily have got bowled out for next to nothing as well under those conditions and he made sure we won't we, we weren't and uh, you know that that was in, in its way a match winning innings. Steve, you know, um, <clears throat> yeah, go along with that. Kevin James was really impressive as well. Then it was one of the best best innings he'd seen in in county cricket mm-hmm. for a long time. So, yeah, if Tom Abel had continued his early season form into September, I think he would have run Craig close for the award. But, yeah, Craig Overton can't add anything to what's already been said for Player of the Year. Um, I've got a few slightly uh, obscure ones for my performance of the year. Obviously, Aves is 132 up at uh, up at the, uh, the worst ground in the country is there. Um, I've got a couple of joint ones here. So I've gone for... Uh, Jack Leach and Marchant Delanger for their 10th wicket partnership in the very first game of the season at up Lourdes, at Lords, yeah. uh, putting on 83 to take us up to 172 in a game uh, which we eventually won in a very good run chase and uh, Lewis Gregory and Roloff van der Merwe against Hampshire 171 for the 8th wicket <coughs> sorry 
got a frog in my throat today. So, given that we gave uh, or nominated uh, Roloff for the Brain Fade of the Year award for running himself out, I'm going to chop him out of that. And my uh, my performance of the year is going to be Lewis Gregory uh, for his hundred in that in that first innings against uh, against Hampshire. Um, but can't put any argument against Craig Overton for uh, Player of the Year. Uh, so scooping the golden apple for performance of the year in the county championship um, is Tom Abel for his 132 not out up at uh, up at Bristol and a clean sweep. Congratulations to Craig Overson for his. Uh, did he win it last year? Can anybody Probably. remember? He was damn good last year. <laughs> I think he did. Who else would have won it last year? Lammers did. Lammers did. Don't think Lammers won it. I think he's retained it. I'm going to stake my... Have I got a reputation? I don't know if I've got a reputation or not. But if I have, I'm staking it on the fact that Craig Overton has retained the Golden Apple for... I know he couldn't. It was Bob Willis Trophy Player of the Year, of the year last year. Winner of the inaugural County Championship. <laughs> player of the Year. The Golden Apple County Championship Player of the Year. Craig Overton with a clean sweep. Congratulations, Goober. Um, I think we're done there for our awards there. So we've done Brain Fade, Spark Inside. da 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 we're done for the evening, guys. Do we have any other business? What's happened since we uh, since we last convened? Not much. The Bob Willis Trophy was a bit of a non-event after Lancashire were about eight for seven on that first morning. Uh, it doesn't just happen to us. <laughs> it's good to know. Uh, so Warwickshire did the double of the Bob Willis Trophy in the county championship. Um, England might or might not be going to Australia. There was a very nebulous press release that came out today. That said that we're going to be chatting about it later in the week and all various stakeholders will be involved blah 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 usual bullshit coming out of Lords um, <clears throat> any, anything else then guys any final thoughts on the season well we're still deadlocked over what next season is going to look like mm -hmm. with the county chairman and chief executives t taking one view and the ECB taking another as to whether we carry on with the three conferences or whether we go back to um a two division system and and there's no immediate i mean I, my guess is that the ecb will prevail because they usually do mm -hmm. but um they haven't reached agreement yet and that will be um very interesting and i'm a bit i'm a bit conflicted on it i think the right thing to do is to go back to two divisions i don't think this has worked out particularly well for all sorts of different reasons but i do think that it would be very hard on nottinghamshire if we go back to two divisions next year and base it on what happened in 2019, which is awfully long, long time ago. And I can't see any other basis on which they could decide who goes into, into which division. Um, and then, of course, there's the, you know, what's going to go alongside the cuckoo in the nest mm -hmm. in the fixture list as to whether, it, and it does look as if it's going to be the Royal London once again that uh, draws the short straw, which is... Bad news for that, but perhaps slightly better news for the county championship because mm. we'll have proper, well, reasonably proper county championship mm. cricket and with an extra game in July. So it would appear. So be interesting to see how it all pans out. Who is it suggested? I saw an article about it suggested playing a modified Bob Willis Trophy competition, so not just a yeah. one-off game, alongside the hundred, but have that be more of a not a second eleven, but more yeah. of a one and a half, one point five eleven competitions, or three or four rounds of that while the hundreds going on. Yeah, Will McPherson, That's the Evening it, Standard, yes. um, proposed that. I, I thought it was mainly a. I thought his proposals were good, 
but I'm not sure they were going to fit in because he wasn't taking anything away, and all he and he was just adding for effectively four or five rounds of first class fixtures during the hundred, which constitute the Bob Willis Trophy. But he wasn't taking anything away from the championship or the blast or the one day cup. So I'm not sure how he was going to fit it all in. I think he might have been cutting a round of the championship because currently there's actually 15 rounds, but only 14 matches. Um, that might have been one way of doing it. He might have been extending it right to the end of September, right to the start of April as well. Um, but I mean, that all this does is put more pressure on pitches and that sort of thing. So uh, if, that, if that sort of thing happens... I think what they'll do is reduce the championship to 10 games and then, but you still have 14 first class games overall because you'd have then the four Bob Willis Trophy games during the 100. Um, which it's not the worst idea. I, yeah. I, I think all, not... all these ideas oh. are accommodating the 100. That's the bad yeah. idea we need to get rid of. Right, exactly. Chuck a load of money at the blast, publicise that, get all these crowds in there. If you want to public, if you want to go to a game, it. I know we're going over our ground here, but it never made sense to me that if you want to get people into cricket grounds, having a having a competition where you've got half the number of grounds based in all in the cities and not out in the shires just seems daft to me. Steve, I've just noticed you've got the most immaculately organised collection of fridge magnets I think I've ever seen. Thank you. They're left, middle and right, all going down in very, very neat columns. Oh, it's even better than that. They are all the different Disney parks and they're in chronological order for each park when we've been there. Because my lovely wife always gets a fridge magnet each time we go to a park. So I thought there were all being well. We'll go there... back next year. We'll have even more. Are there only three Disney parks, or am I leading a show? No, no. But you've got to... so, for example, oh, Florida, you've got all the mini got... parks, haven't you? Like Epcot and all that sort of thing. And then you've got Universal, and then you've got California, and you've got Kennedy, and yeah. Oh, I've, um, I think our inevitable family trip to Euro Disney is going to be happening in a couple of years. Not the keenest, to be honest, but uh, hey um, uh Oh, just one thing. Oh, congratulations, Sophie Luff. She was named in the PCA uh, yep. Team of the Year, um, which is great stuff. Somerset, Sophie That's what's Craig for the men. Yep, absolutely. Um, disappointing we normally get two or three in there, but you know we'll have to make do with, with a couple this year. Um, sorry, we've gone off topic. I got distracted by Steve's frig- fridge magnets. Um what are we talking about? Oh, the hundred being a terrible idea. Yeah, well, that's never going to go away, is it? Oh, right. Anything more, guys? Can I just yes. do a shout? Can I just do a shout for the blog and say, please keep looking because there's oh, plenty coming over, there is something over else. the winter. I've got something else. Sorry, I'm just going to have to quickly find this a second. I'll just mention quickly. Seventeenth um, of October, three o'clock. Josh Davey for Scotland, hopefully, versus Bangladesh. Oh, yeah. Um, and we've got probably... Ro- I should know when Rolos got to be playing for the Dutch uh, as well, shouldn't I? Yeah, the, the Damn. following day. Damn, so you've, out, Mon- you've out-superfanned me, Dan. <laughs> Damn. Monday, Monday, the following day, Monday the 18th of October, Ireland v Netherlands at 11 o'clock. That's, that's Roloff's first game. So uh, each team plays three games in the qualifying... Effectively, it's the qualifying round. So hopefully, we'll see Josh and Roloff in action a few times, and hopefully they'll get and Paul through. Van and, Meekeren. Yep. And Van Meekeren, yep. Um, hopefully they'll Van be Proust through, and they might play against England in the next round. Um, oh, that would be a conflict, wouldn't it? I'd love to. I'd love to see Roloff get Owen Morgan out. Oh, <laughs> oh, that would that would just make my autumn. Roloff knocking batting uh, Owen Morgan's off stump. Oh, one thing I forgot, um, Mike Unwin popped in um, suggesting a golden apple for the uh, second team uh, performances, players of the year. So um, as Mike is all, uh, our guru on the second team uh, 
front, running the seconds watch for uh, the blog, Steve. That's what reminded me of this. Uh, so he's gone for, he he can't split. Well, he's got, I'd nominate the 319s, Jamie Rue, George Thomas, Sonny Baker, uh, plus he's put in brackets young Ned Leonard. I don't know which podcast Mike's been listening to, but certainly not this one. <laughs> and select, uh, he's gone for Jamie Rue. Um, yeah. His selection in the County 11 against India and taking seven catches in one inning. So in uh, a supplementary golden apple for uh, Jamie Rue for uh, seconds watch player of the year. Happy days. Anything more, guys? Just just to no. clarify, it is James Rue, not Jamie. What's he written? It's Jamie Baird and James Oh, he's, Rue. he's written Jamie Rue. Uh, yeah, he does enough. that all the time. Does, Mike, written... you do it all the time, and I have to keep correcting it. <laughs> <laughs> he's written Jamie Rue. Right, uh, have we got anything else? Because I've got something I'd like to finish on. That's it. No, Go okay, on. so... Uh, every time I pop out that we're going to be recording, we do get messages from Facebook. Um, so a nice one coming from uh, Stuart Hodgkiss. Thanks for a fantastic podcast all summer. Always a highlight when a new episode pops into the feed and always a pleasure to listen to your informed. Well, I'm not quite sure about that, uh, Stuart, but um, we'll go on. Well, I'm definitely not. Uh, the other guys might disagree. Uh, you're informed and entertaining discussions. It's like being the pubs with your mates, chatting cricket, but not having to buy around winter well. Um Thanks very much, Stuart. Um, Thank you, Stuart. It's been fun doing this. Uh, I'm not sure what we're going to do in the autumn. We'll probably try and catch up. Um, well, once a month, maybe something like that. Yeah. I know yeah. when I know when the Abu Dhabi T10 starts. Anthony will be keen to get a podcast <laughs> going for that. So we'll, 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 we'll try and get the daily Abu Dhabi T10 going uh, when that kicks off. Uh, Dan, I'm going to ask you when that starts because I've not got a clue I do know oh, of course roughly. you do of course you do roughly it's about the end of November it's, it's okay. a bit earlier this time it's, it's oh, last time it was January wasn't it I think it's, it's actually yeah. this November so uh, can't wait well if Tom Abel's playing I'll be watching is he playing Dan uh, it's not been decided I don't think have no, I don't know. Have do you yet. know where our guys are going off this winter I well Banson's not going to the Big Bash we know that um, but there's, yeah, I think the T10 and also maybe the uh, Lanka Premier League in, in Sri Lanka, they might be sort of options for, for them. And also PSL again, they've sort of played a bit before. Banton, Gregory Abel. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Right. Well, we might catch up then if there's uh, any significant Somerset news uh, coming out in the next few weeks or any, any great Somerset performances uh, in the World T20. Might do one after the uh, after every Netherlands game just to see how Roller's getting on. Uh, but thanks for joining us uh, all this uh, season. It's been great fun. I don't want to speak for the guys, but it's been great fun doing all these and a real real relief to finally get back and, and see some cricket this year. So uh, for Steve, Anthony, and Dan, unless we've got anything else, speak now or forever hold your peace and we'll yeah. draw the 2021 season to a close. We'll catch up in a few weeks. Ta-ra.